Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're talking about why we obsess over productivity. We sure are. But yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about this. I think it's like super relevant to how I've been feeling and how I know you've been feeling during all of this. I think the world too, yeah. Even just like based on everything I see right now on social media, it's either like promoting the idea that we should be more productive or countering it with like, don't let people tell you to be productive. So it feels like a very... I know, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, so we're doing a bit of a different structure today. Um, Last time we both researched and ended up recording for like over two hours. So um, this one, Kelsey's taking the lead on. um, Then we're going to discuss as we go. Yes, sounds good. I've collected some different sources and then also got some input from friends and also have a uh, a long history of uh, being someone who's obsessed <laughs> with productivity, so sharing yeah. some of my personal experience with the topic as well. Um, but yeah, I think it is. it does feel like a super topical conversation right now where we're like finding out this new normal of like being home all the time. And it was interesting how like as soon as we went into quarantine, the narrative was like, how are you going to fill your time? What will you do with this time? Like, don't waste it. Don't waste this yeah. time. Who will you be on the other side of quarantine? Yes. <laughs> You're being given a break in time. This is like the pressure in those statements is just like truly wild. And it's been so interesting to see like everyone. I'm so guilty of it too. Yeah. And everyone's has a new hobby lately. Like everyone. And I, I'm a hundred percent a part of this. Like, we can't do nothing. So we're, people are like reading and learning how to bake bread and doing all of these projects and hobbies. And I think it has a lot to do with just like not being able to sit still. At least that's, I like my personal experience. I think like what I kind of feel about this is like, you can either be busy or all you can really do other than that is like sit with yourself and kind of like sort through your thoughts and feelings which is like yeah it's huge a huge thing to do right now like for anyone like even if you're in touch with your feelings but like mm-hmm. sorting through the feelings of round of pandemic like we're all doing this for the first time so a bit weird yeah and I do agree that like people and myself included do seem to have a hard time with the idea of like slowing down or or what it means to kind of be still. I think that's why we've seen such a turn towards mindfulness and meditation as these important tools because I feel like we all have a million thoughts in our heads and so much stimulus from like screens and all these things that just like sitting in silence, I know for myself personally, is extremely difficult for me to do. Yeah. I'm very like restless. Yeah. No, I've definitely been feeling like I I mean, I have anxiety as it is, but there's always this kind of like underlying feeling of like, I don't think I'm doing enough. Yeah. And it's weird, like, because there isn't that much to do, but somehow I still have that feeling. And I think that like before all of this happened, I was struggling with that a lot, but I thought it was like 
oh, there's so much going on. There's so much that I have to do. But with everything kind of like stripped down, I still feel like that. So that's been kind of like a an eye opening experience. You're like, okay, it's it's not coming from outside. So it must be coming from in here. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of the information that I found on this was just sort of explaining like how acutely it's tied to shame and it's all like it's shame driven in the sense that we want to be doing as much as possible we want to be productive and when we aren't productive then we feel shame around it like yeah there's so many like words we use for people who are lazy because it's like the thing that we've like collectively decided to strongly dislike that's so interesting yeah and it's so out of myself as a lazy person and I was actually just talking to my friend about this the other day and she was like you're one of the most productive people I know (laughs) I was like oh interesting (laughs) I know it's crazy. I think that a lot of people would find that to be something that was really insulting if someone said it to them, which is sort of interesting that, yeah, it's odd. Um, So yeah, I can kind of kick us off with like some of the stuff I read. I'll maybe start with stuff that's like a little bit more, I don't know, like statistical. Um, It was interesting (laughs) if you Google productivity, there's so many resources and I feel like we've started to take a turn now from every single article on productivity being about how to maximize it. Mm -hmm. And now we are seeing a bit of a counter to it where it's like six signs you're obsessed with productivity and things like people are definitely starting to be more mindful of it. But yeah, like the number of websites, blogs, podcasts, like the things I could find on how to maximize productivity and efficiency was wild. And it ranged from business resources of like how to maximize your team all the way to like even the the process of like bullet journaling and all of these things that I think can be really great habits, sort of like the other side of it that's like very methodical trying to yeah. maximize time. Time blocking is another like fad that's been happening where you're blocking out your days. Like these are all tools that we're being taught in order to make the absolute most of every minute of a day. Yeah. It's like optimizing our humanity to like fit in the most possible things that'll make us better or do more or like have more output. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And the word optimizing uh, reminds me of the article in the most recent book we read around uh the book trick mirror and it had an art or it had a full chapter called always be optimizing and it was explaining how like uh sweet green like these salad bars are these places where you go and it's like you're standing in line and you're on your phone you get this food and it's more just like fuel for someone who's about to work a 12-hour day like it's so yeah it's such a process as opposed to like (laughs) you going and eating a meal with someone and yeah with food in particular too like it's such a huge part of other cultures and like connection and humanity and that's it's so true like with the sweet green sweet green example um yeah it's just like a means to an end and that end is like yeah output yeah absolutely yeah it was super interesting I was reading this article about like the different signs of how to tell maybe you're someone who's like a little bit addicted to productivity or maybe like a little too hyper If you're Googling on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you found yourself in this article. Too late um, for you. <laughs> some of the things they were mentioning are like, are you acutely aware of when you're wasting time and Oof. wasting in quotations, obviously, and do you beat yourself up for it? 
are you super reliant on technology to optimize your time management? (laughs) Is your number one topic of conversation how crazy busy you are? Do you think hustling sounds impressive while doing less sounds lazy? Exposed. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those I was just like, eesh. Like the number of times someone asked me how I'm doing and I'm like, I'm really good. I'm super busy. Right? Like it's an emotion. That busy thing. Like the busy competition. that, And I don't know if it's just like – living in a city I don't think so I think it's more maybe around like our generation based on like conversations I've had with adult people um (laughs) but yeah the like the more busy you are the more worthy you are or like important or it's it's bizarre and I definitely was and I'm trying to be better but was fully bought into that it's like oh I'm I can chalk my days full of like appointments and work and like social activities and that means I'm like living my life in the best possible way yeah and I think it's like so deeply entrenched that you actually do feel good after you have a busy day like you feel like you got a lot done and I think that's sort of what makes it addicting is because I know for me like if I have a day where I feel like I like really got up early and and took care of that to-do list and like feel like I was super productive, I honestly do feel good at the end of the night, even though that's just something that I've been like conditioned to feel based on output. It's still like a real feeling I get when I'm like, damn, that was a, a full day. That's fair. Do you feel the same way like while you're doing the things on your to-do list? Like that same sense of gratification? It's so... It's so interesting because like even before I was like before I came in here to record this, I was thinking about how for me, I almost feel like my productivity obsession is much more personal than it is professional. So like for work, I feel like I go to work and I do my job and I like don't really feel this way about it. I don't feel like I need to do a million things in my work day. I just I prioritize what I need to do and I mm-hmm. feel like I accomplish it. Mine is all my personal life. It's like, uh, is my apartment clean? Did I work out today? Did I go outside for long enough today? Like, it's like a, it's, did I, I don't know, try something new? Did I, like, so I'm the exact same way. I think that's maybe the big thing. And this obviously is just like based on our experiences and people who I've talked to, but um, that kind of nebulous feeling of like, I feel like we're also being, push to to better ourselves like we're the first generation that was really taught how to like feel or like improve yourself yeah and so now there's this whole other level of things you can achieve where it's like oh like are you practicing mindfulness are you working out are you eating well are you going outside going for walks balancing everything make sure you're balancing it like yeah a hundred percent and it's like I know is it for me or is it because I think I should you know yeah and some of it is so it's very like emotional in terms of um, I feel like our generation is like very obsessed with self-improvement, like self-help books, like all mm. these tools and resources and myself included getting to a point where I'm just like, am I ever going to read a fiction novel again? Or am yeah. I like, because why would I, when I could read this book that like might teach me a new way to <laughs> like set a habit and stick to it or like, it's the most bizarre thing. And then it's just so interesting how these things that are supposed to you know, better our well-being are things that we'll write down on a list. And then if I don't meditate that day, I'm like, God damn. About it. I know. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And like, maybe I even did in some form throughout the day, but if I didn't like carve out the time and sit there on the ground and like tell the world I was doing it, then it's like, I, I, I've now missed the mark on that accomplishment. And I have failed. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> and I'm worthless. That's the yeah. thing that I, okay. So I've been I don't know what podcast I was listening to or or where I came across this. I've been doing a lot of research on like I'm probably gonna cut this part out, but how like critical parents affect you growing up. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, but an interesting thing that I I came across is like parsing out the shoulds that you like, have adopted or like believe in somewhere yeah. along the way. So like a big one for me would be like I need to have my shit together and be financially stable and like that should like from that I'm like okay where did that message come from comes from I guess like society it comes from my parents who like my grandparents went through the war like scarcity issues are a big thing that happens um like that gets passed down so that I realized was like a big should and I was like okay so I from that then like overwork myself and there's all these things that that come from that so yeah kind of separating and separating out the shoulds and figuring out where they came from has been something that I have been finding really helpful yeah and really hard to do I think too because some of it is like so deep that yes trying to figure out like why you think you should do this thing I think you could get it wrong a few times like trying to figure it out you could get it wrong but also like if something comes up and you're like I think that's why I feel that way then maybe that is yeah. all you need you know like I don't know I think yeah. that's a lot and then it's probably like an unlearning of why you yes. think that's necessary. Yes, yeah. it's an unlearning it's- and it's like that is kind of a – well, it is a mindfulness practice of like you have the should. So like for me today, it was like, oh, I, I should go for a run. And I was like, okay, well, where's why is it a should? Why isn't I want to go for a run? So okay, I'm exhausted. Like I already went for like a huge walk today. So the should is I yeah. should be working out constantly. Like that's the should. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah, even when we were starting to talk about unlearning, it's like some of it is so deep in the sense of like I feel like for so many women out there, um, like beauty standards would be a, a so deeply connected to productivity in terms of like all the things that are now being branded as self-care that are really just like beauty maintenance that yeah. we're supposed to enjoy doing so as to look a certain way, so as to be like properly accepted. And it's just so interesting how quickly like – these things that are supposed to be like good for us and all these things can become like tasks that we need to complete. And so it is really interesting how that sort of plays into productivity and why we now seem to make lists of things that include stuff that should just be you taking care of yourself, I find. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, I think, has morphed way more into people's personal lives than maybe in like our parents generation where it was more about like school and work and things like that yeah yeah it's crazy it's like are you busy enough but also are you relaxing enough yeah (laughs) I know now the pressure is to do the opposite yeah (laughs) don't be a busy bee it's not it's not healthy (laughs) don't be lazy bitch (laughs) I'm like god damn I just got good at being busy (laughs) shit (laughs) Yeah, I think um, 
it, we I read an article a little bit too about how we have to kind of learn to embrace downtime. And I mean, obviously we don't speak for everyone here. Um, I spoke to a couple friends about this topic and they were like, oh, I don't really care about productivity. I'm like pretty fine, like spending my time chilling out and all of that. Like I don't feel guilt around it. So I thought that was interesting as well around like there is um, by no means this applies to everyone. But they exist. <laughs> <laughs> there are anomalies to this no maybe we're the anomaly I don't know we'll find out maybe. um but yeah I was talking about like how to learn to embrace downtime and like for me I know currently I'm in a stage where I still need to like schedule it in and sort of like make it very intentional and like how to turn that into something that just sort of happens instead yeah. of feeling the need to create it I feel like is really important yeah. to me yeah. You know what's been helping? And I feel like this is going to be a theme where I just am like a meditation pusher. <laughs> but <laughs> And I'm just the worst student ever. <laughs> it's something that I have now been doing like really consistently for I think like three years and like not to throw science in your face, <laughs> but it's proven to rewire your brain. And what I found it's helped me do is like in those moments of like, oh, well, there's all these things that I should do. And maybe that's like, oh, I should relax. Like sometimes I'll find that I'll be working or like, you know, doing whatever. And I have this anxiety because I'm like, oh, I should be relaxing right now. But then what the mindfulness practice does is it gives you the space to be like, do I want to relax right now? And sometimes mm -hmm. I am getting anxiety because I think I should be relaxing when, like, I actually don't want to. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. It's so funny that you say that because literally sometimes I'll sit on my computer in my bed and I just, like, know – I know that's a no-no. I know that, like, when I go into my room, I shouldn't bring my freaking screen and I should go no screens for a certain number of hours of the day. And so sometimes I'll be sitting there on my laptop knowing that what I'm doing is probably, like, wrong and then I'm, like – oh my God, I'm spending so much time having this conversation in my own head right. about how now people are judging me because I don't I know, know when to turn off. And <laughs> what I've been trying to do is just take a moment and be like, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah. Like, what do I want? And today it was like, do I want to work out or do I want to take a fucking bath? And I want to take a bath. <laughs> so I'm going to. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy that you also say the like the thing about people judging you for like doing something wrong. Oh, yeah, that's something I've I've also been trying to pick. Up. I've been doing a lot of soul searching. Quarantine <laughs> yeah. soul yeah. search. But the things that like, for example, when I think that Bo thinks something about me, usually mm. that's me thinking something about myself. So like an example <laughs> would be the lazy thing. Like I, because he's like a super active, healthy, just like that's just what yeah. he is like. He's great. <laughs> and I think that he thinks I'm lazy. Not something he's ever said <laughs> at all. No. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, nothing has like made me think that. It's just me. But then I took a moment. I was like, oh, I think I'm lazy. Like I'm just projecting mm -hmm. that onto him. And then I'm like, oh, like he thinks I'm lazy. Like all this stuff. Oh my god. Yeah, Not, then you're mad at Bo. Yeah. <laughs> How lazy. dare you call me lazy? <laughs> but yeah, it's not. It's the laziness. It's like I. I think he thinks I don't eat healthily enough, which is like bonkers because we eat the same thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that insane. is so funny. Or like, yeah, it goes on and on. But like, since I've realized that, it's really given me a chance to kind of like take a pause and be like, oh, I think that about me. Okay, like, let's let's unpack that a little bit. And yeah, kind of just like deep dive into my psyche, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I think another thing I thought was super interesting when I was looking into this was it seems like the original counter to like this obsession with productivity was like about not getting rid of the obsession but like channeling it in a better way so that would be things like practicing time blocking learning how to make lists properly creating smart goals um bullet journaling all and then all of these like self-help books etc that are like atomic habits like learn how to change your life and maximize your time like the the four-hour work week or something oh yeah I got that but like that that is all about this concept of like okay now we're saying don't work harder work smarter but you still still have to work your ass off to do that well but just like be smart about it like don't waste time trying to be productive make sure to just be productive and I just thought it was so interesting that the counter wasn't instead like what if you just aren't as productive like what if you just pump the brakes yeah and I feel like now it's even like we're focusing now on like you need to create the space for this. You need to slow down. And again, it's just like, couldn't the opposite just be like, okay, you're feeling like this obsession to be super productive. What if you were just like a little bit less productive? Like yeah. what would happen then? Yeah. Like who would be harmed if you just slowed down a little bit? Like don't force me to pick up a new habit of like, you know, mindfulness practice or whatever it is. Like those are all great things. Sorry. But do I need to pick <laughs> up another? No, but you know what I mean? Like do I need to pick up another to do in yeah, order exactly. to be better? <laughs> It's just so counterintuitive, I feel like. I know. It's it's so true. Like, I think it's that, like, the busyness to avoid your feelings, I think, yeah. is a big part of it. And, like, fair. I think there's a lot of big feelings going on right now, and people don't really know how to sort through those. Like, yeah. I think we, we're both pretty lucky to have been going to therapy for a long time. So, And I'm still going through this, like, by phone which has been so crazy helpful and like very privileged place to be in. But yeah, like being able to be like, oh, I feel weird. Like what's going on there? And like normally what I would have done in the past would be like, oh, I feel weird. I should just like distract myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what's going on in a big way. Definitely. I saw this like meme last night. You know me in the internet. (laughs) I was on the web and I saw a a (laughs) meme about how the earth was apparently, it was like the earth was just like everyone like stay at home, feel your feelings, think your thoughts. And everyone was just like, fuck no, I'm going to learn how to make sourdough bread. (laughs) It was just like, we were like, absolutely not. I'm not going to listen to what the thoughts in my head say. I have to learn a new skill or describe it totally like yeah yeah it's insane and I think that like obviously like disclaimer that we are experiencing this pandemic in a a very privileged way to have like a space Mm -hmm. to kind of explore these things and like I I feel grateful for this space while like recognizing that this is awful no I agree with that I think it's like I even felt that way when we first went in and people were like make sure to learn a language or like read all those books you have been putting off I was like okay, well, first of all, this is going to feel really different for everyone involved. And so to even say that anyone should be doing anything during this time other than just like taking care of themselves and the people yeah. around them is just sort of like beyond me. See, that it's the shoulds. That it's all the shoulds. It's like, yeah. I don't want any of your shoulds. I have my own and I'm trying to get rid of those and just like listen to what the fuck I need. And like sometimes that's just like 
putting my duvet on the couch and like watching yeah. a movie on Netflix party. Yeah, totally. We're sponsored by Netflix party. <laughs> oh God, that would be dope. Um yeah, so some other interesting points. I mean, I loved this. I saw something that said don't put off your life for work that can be done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, ish, that's me. Um I also thought it was really interesting, like we kind of touched on this already, but about how we sort of consider the opposite of productivity to be like laziness in a person, at least I would, I don't, I don't personally feel that way, but I think like the society does. Yeah. I probably feel that way about myself, but like I wouldn't call someone else that. Bo feels that way about me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bo's been calling you that behind your back. But what I thought was interesting was the conversation around like, can we reframe the way we talk about rest Mm -hmm. or about slowing down to be something that's like pleasure focused rather than like shame ridden in terms of like, can it be something we reframe completely so that you grabbing your comforter and going to watch a show on the couch is just as like worthwhile and beneficial as you going for a run? Totally. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of friends who are really good at chilling out, for lack of a better yeah, word. I'm not one of them. You're not one <laughs> of them, which you have me. other things to offer. <laughs> but you it's have something great quality. Yes, you're, you're great in your own way. But they, <laughs> I see them just chilling and yeah. I feel jealous, which is like, yeah. first of all, I can do that if I want to. Like weird envy to have. It's a weird envy, but I'm like, oh, like that's I love that type mm-hmm. of person. Like I think that's so great, but it's like that is so available to me. It's not even funny. Like it's just it's just stop. Yeah. Like stop do stop it. <laughs> like, it's literally, it's a hundred percent your choice. Yeah, yeah, you're choosing to be busy and stressed and just stop. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was interesting just by based on talking to a few people about it, I know a lot of people who feel the same way as me and then other people that feel it to like varying degrees. And I just thought it was interesting, like, are we assuming that everyone can even function at the same speed or like do people work at different speeds? And do some people need more rest than other people? Like, why why would we assume that like human to human we can all have the same output we're not all made equal and in any way and like both in positives and like you might just need some people might just need more rest than other people that's something i've struggled with so much like i okay so there's kind of two sides of this like something i struggle with is that i i think and i like have nothing to really compare this to but uh, that i work really fast actually I've been told that I work really fast, like to the point where people are like, we don't stop. Like there's too much. Stop it. And I feel like if I'm not working to like my maximum capacity, then I'm being lazy. But when I do that for too long, I I burn out. Like I I fully Mm -hmm. just I can't do it for long enough. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, when so like a couple, I guess last year for a couple of years, I, I was suffering from chronic pain and I just couldn't do as much and it was like a really hard thing for me to it was like a hard pill to swallow because I was like I want to be able to do as much as I possibly can but then it would make the pain worse and like it was this vicious cycle but yeah now that I'm feeling really like back to myself I have it in that in the moment of working where I'm like I should be working faster and I'm like rushing myself while I'm being productive to be more productive (laughs) like yeah where does it end like 
Totally. What am I literally I, like, have written down here? Why are we in such a rush? What are we in such a rush about? Like, God. I don't know. I've been in a rush my whole gosh darn life. I was born. I birthed myself. I'm not kidding. I beat the doctor <laughs> to it. <laughs> I've been in a rush since day one. Yeah, it's such a weird it's such a weird feeling to always feel like you need to be going faster. Yeah. So the one thing that I think is interesting, just building off of what you just said about um, how we almost like create a reputation for ourselves and for people in general who have these habits of like being able to do so much that you sort of you like you have set the bar at a certain height and I do feel like people then learn to expect a certain degree of productivity from you whether that's like in your job I know I'm like the go-to person for like some side project because I'm always going to say yes I just like (laughs) I I haven't learned I know that I'm supposed to learn to say no and set boundaries we're working on it But, like, I'm always just happy to, like, take on more in the moment, of course. Yeah. And I think that by that's so closely related to productivity because in reality, like, I probably can get it all done quite quickly because I am always in an effort to get things done super yes. quickly. And then I just think it's interesting because you 100% then create this persona and reputation amongst your people that you work at a certain speed and like function at a certain speed. So then to like slow down, I feel like you are kind of like throwing people off. Like it it feels a bit different, I think. I wonder wonder if that is true because I felt the same thing and like that's why I totally burnt out at my last job because – they wanted me to work at 120% like pushed me to do yeah. that when it wasn't healthy but i wonder if y- it's true that they would be like oh like she's not working as much or if that's another should like maybe that's just a message you're telling yourself that like they're going to think i'm lazy now like <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't even know if it's that or if it's just like if i started to say no to things because i was like feeling overwhelmed i think that would just like come as a surprise to someone and then i would internalize the surprise yeah. or something so i think it is shoulds but it is also just like even in my personal life i feel like in the odd time where i've really like been forced by like health or whatever it was to really slow down i feel yeah. like people make a point of like oh this must be really hard for you to like <laughs> just sit here and it's like well yes it is yeah. and i've clearly like you know demonstrated some sort of behavior that makes it seem like that would be really hard for me i think yeah, yeah it also is really hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true they're right yeah something else that I found that I thought was really interesting um, was because I was kind of trying to figure out like, okay, so where did this come from? Because you were even talking about like generational differences Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, where did this all begin? And like in my mind, my like small amount of econ exposure in university, (laughs) I was thinking about like the industrial revolution. Oh god. Uh, cringe. <laughs> um, but I actually was. True. And then I started doing a bunch of research being like the industrial revolution oh. the industrial revolution and its effect on like our obsession with productivity and all this stuff. And a hundred percent the sources exist. This is absolutely <laughs> like they have drawn a correlation between oh these god. things. And even like if you've taken econ, you probably know like Adam Smith and the wealth of nations, which is just like a super famous econ. Uh, like philosophy essentially. I wish I remembered because um, I fully took a lot of ego. 
yeah flip. i'm sure i'll get it wrong too but it's okay it's okay um but essentially adam smith was t- was the one who sort of differentiated between like you have two types of labor you have productive and unproductive Ooh. and one of those adds value and one of those doesn't so, <laughs> so essentially like it's a business model of like you need to make sure that the like cogs in the machine which uh I are they're humans um <laughs> are working as efficiently and as quickly and as productively as possible and those mm. like loose ends and things that are slowing it down need to be fixed yeah. and so many business models have been based off this like if you've ever heard of lean six sigma it like operates on the same concept of just like you need to figure out what your inefficiencies are, target them, and then get rid of them if they can't be solved. And I think that applies so – like that mindset is something that I feel like we've adopted. Well, as how would we not? Again. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's so – and I think that too from – I'm going to butcher this as well. I'll have to find a source on it. But the, from the <laughs> industrial – yeah, The industrial revolution. So that was like – I think they were working like something insane, like 16-hour days. And then mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was post-war. I don't know when it happened. But then it went down to the eight-hour workday. And now we're at a point again where an eight-hour workday where both people in the home are working, like you can't do – both you can't both maintain a home you can't both maintain like a mm-hmm. life outside of work and be working eight hours a day like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's been proven <laughs> I should look that up <laughs> but it's so true like we are kind of like coming down from this like mm-hmm. s- this level of work that was before rights and like like yeah. workers the protections so I think like we're not recalibrating as fast as we're moving forward and yeah, totally. How could we not be internalizing that, like, eliminate the inefficiencies in ourselves and then we'll be worth more? Yeah. And I think it's just so interesting. Like, I feel like almost now more than ever, we all have to have a personal brand. We're all a product now. So your Instagram is like your brand. And like, whether you sort of like, whether you agree with that or not, I think like if you looked at your Instagram, you'd see that like you're presenting an image of yourself. Oh, I, I don't think it's possible to utilize it without doing that. Yeah. And it's just so interesting that like in order to add value to the world, you have to be productive and create something. And I read this thing that I thought was interesting and it, it said, even a philosopher is not taken seriously if he doesn't publish or teach, Good. which I thought was so so like poignant in the fact that like I 100% agree with that like if someone was telling me they were a philosopher and they had nothing to show for it I would be like no so you (laughs) You think a lot (laughs) yeah like what do you mean sir or madam like you can't just go around saying that and I think that like really ties into so many things where it's like even a photographer like Kylie you can probably like speak to this even better than me but the expectation that you have an output and like yeah. a sort of a stream of output in order to give yourself that title is like very real. Yeah. No, it's so true. When it goes into the like creativity fields as well, mm-hmm. like that's it gets crazy because creativity a lot of people a lot of artists tie their creativity to their worth as like in in an even bigger way of like this is who I am, this is my identity. And then mm-hmm. when they can't make something, it's like just soul crushing it's like what is wrong with me like who am I it's yeah this whole kind of spiraling because you're not 
creating output. (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, and then sort of just to like add to that, it's sort of, it begs the question of like, is it impossible to be successful without being productive? Like, is success possible without productivity? Like, I don't think so based on our current standards. Yeah. It depends on your personal definition of success, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 100% it does. I kind of meant it in a societal like societal way. Yeah. yeah and know. honestly, also the way I think currently too, like I've definitely grown out of it more and more, but success to me is definitely still in my mind tied to like a certain level of productivity that you're like contributing to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, like then where do you draw the line? Like where do you draw the line between like you being a productive member of your society? Because like I don't think the goal here is for people to like not produce anything. That's not how a society would function. And like I do think you need to contribute to your community and like do what you need to do to maintain the life of you and the people around you. And also like how can you find a balance between that and being just like so hyper focused on it that it yeah. sort of consumes your days. Yeah. Can I I was listening to a podcast recently. I wish I remembered which one it was, but I wrote a note in my phone cuz I really liked it. Um mm-hmm. basically they were talking about how our whole culture and we're talking about I guess like North American mostly culture, maybe elsewhere too, but our whole culture is based on unhealthy self-esteem and they were talking about these three different types of self-esteem that we basically base our worth on. Um, the first was attribute self-esteem. So that means I have worth because of what I have. Then there's performance self-esteem. I have worth because of what I can do. And then other self-esteem, which means I have worth because you think I do. And I thought those were all so interesting because they're like, I mean, obviously super relatable and what they were kind of trying to say, like the message, <laughs> the message behind all of that was that we are inherently worthy. Like we can't earn it or unearn our worthiness because <laughs> like just by existing, like you're worthy of having a great life, like having your needs met, all of these things. But we've hinged all of our worth to these like external factors that I think is, yeah, it's just, it's very damaging. Mm-hmm. I also love that you had to give a precursor when you said society that it, we were talking about North America as if we had international listeners. Well, I just don't want a blanket statement that everyone yeah. feels this way. Imagine you tuning in globally. No, but I 100% agree. And so much of what I read too was about like, the shame that we have attached to productivity and how we have this constant feeling of like, could I be doing more? So even if you chipped away at your to-do list during a day, is there something on it you didn't get to? Is there something you could have done better or faster? And just the expectation that we would ever be living some sort of existence where there weren't distractions and bad days and like tough moments where like you wouldn't get pulled away from your task list is just like, it's such a bizarre thing to like, focus so much energy on yeah totally so yeah I think like that one of the biggest tasks if you're someone like me who definitely like does obsess over this would be oh my god I just called it a task (laughs) 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 don't listen to my advice (laughs) um I just think like trying to remove the sense of shame that comes with 
when we don't feel product like productive enough. So um, like for me, that might be like productivity shame or on like doing something that I've deemed unproductive, whether that's watching a movie or spending time on Instagram or something like that. And I think it is about learning to unlink our self-worth with our accomplishments because if for as long as we continue to believe that like we are worthy because we have accomplishments, the more we'll believe that the more we accomplish, the more valuable we are. And so if we're not being productive and that directly is affecting our self-esteem, I think it's important to like start to unpack that relationship between like, okay, I've completed a task or I've accomplished something or I have I have output and I am associating that with my personal value. So it is about starting to learn how to attach value to the things that are like internal and not earned through like you putting something into the world, I think. One way I found that is super helpful for me at least, and I can't remember where I learned this. I got to write these things down (laughs) (laughs) but um basically when you are like beating up on yourself for for example like not doing as much as you wanted to do imagine Mm -hmm. that you're talking to like a friend that you really love and care about like so for example if I was like oh like I was so lazy today I didn't go for a run like blah 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 I would like pretend you were saying that to me and what would I say to you if you said that you know, like I wouldn't be like, oh, mm-hmm. you fucking lazy yeah. ass, unworthy. Get up now. Go now. <laughs> go, go, go you run want right to. Now. I would never say that. And I think that no. we, like practicing <laughs> self-compassion is something that yeah. I've been trying to learn how to do a lot. And I think it is a really healthy way to kind of retrain. Am I boring you? <laughs> Queen of the yawns tonight. <laughs> to untrain that voice in your head that is basically bullying you into doing things that you feel like you should do so that's been super helpful for me um kind of that's that's a task if you want to add it to that but no just being being gentle on yourself and and a big thing that like since I've been kind of figuring out my mental health stuff in the past couple of months is like a little mantra I use in the morning is I love and accept who I am today. And that could be different than it was yesterday. That could be different than it will be in an hour or tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. like whatever I'm feeling like right now, like let's work with that. And if that is someone who wants to go for a run, cool. If it's someone who wants to watch too hot to handle (laughs) on Netflix then do it, then do it, you know, like just listen to what you want right now. Mm -hmm. And that's all you got. Like we only got right now. (laughs) sounds like a song Um, (laughs) please break into song um I totally agree I think that another um like an important an important step for myself which has helped me a lot is like I think another reason why we why some of us do have this obsession of productivity is because we seem to believe that everyone else is doing more than we are. And so we compare ourselves to other people. And honestly, like I would say mostly on social media where it creates this image of like, look at all of the amazing things I got done in a day and the places I went and the person I am. And Mm -hmm. we do see that. And then you start to think to yourself like, oh, if so-and-so did all of this today and I only did X, Y, and Z, then therefore I'm like lesser than because look how much they can get done in a day. So for me, like a step and it sounds like small, but 
honestly, it's like such a cliche now. It's all over social media. But like unfollow the people that make you feel like shit about yourself, which is like not something they're doing intentionally, but like, or maybe they are. I don't know these people. But (laughs) if someone's like posting a bunch of stuff and you're constantly like coming across it and feeling like it's pushing you to feel like you need to do more or be more, like unfollow them. Yeah. You don't need that you don't need that to be a place where you're seeing that and I do think you can create a social media that like you go on to that feels good for you that you can create yourself by being super honest around like why do I follow this person? Totally. What is it is it bringing me like inspiration and positivity or is it making me feel like I'm not doing enough? And if it's this latter then like goodbye. Yeah. Mute unfollow like just don't don't put yourself through that every time you open your phone totally I think that's something that I I really like the idea of like taking back your power in these situations Mm -hmm. in the sense of like when you're seeing all these things like choose choose to make yourself feel better or if you're (laughs) this is another like mantra thing but when you are (laughs) saying something like oh I need to do something or I have to do something reframe that sentence as I choose to do blank because and it is really Mm -hmm. eye-opening so if like you're saying oh I I have to work on the weekend which Mm -hmm. it it puts your power outside of yourself take that back and say I choose to work on the weekend because usually that would be I want them to think I'm productive and worthy and valuable as an employee which is a really different conversation with yourself than oh I have to like I just have to you know like it's not in my control yeah absolutely I also think, and I feel like maybe we talked about this last time, but I wanted to mention it again around like, I do feel like our generation has this like real obsession with wearing so many hats and like really like overcomplicating things to the point where like every hobby has to be a side hustle and it has to be productive and it has to like either earn you money or like clout or shit. Like it, it like you can't just do something for the sake of it. Like you have, yeah. and I, I do feel like social media really um like accentuates that because we do things for external praise and that's why we put them there if you look through your instagram how much of that is people acting in like a way so that they can i don't know come off a certain way this Mm -hmm. or that you're not you're not posting like your worst days and your worst moments on instagram like it's just that's not realistic and so i just think it's really like one of my favorite things that i've started to get into the practice of is like do shit that is pointless because you enjoy it. Like, yes. do not try to like master it. Like when I went to pottery, there was no way this bitch was going to walk away from pottery with anything that looked presentable. It's just not, it's not what we're good at here. But it was like, I need to go and sit in a room with a bunch of other people I don't know and learn how to do something just for the sake of it because yeah. it's like not productive. And that was like such a good experience for me. And I just like have continued to try to get myself to just like go and try something not because there's some output but just because like I don't know you might enjoy it it might be humbling it might like excite you I don't it doesn't need to be more than that yeah totally I know and be present with the thing like okay this is gonna sound so 
ridiculous, but <laughs> you're super hippie tonight. It's quite no, funny. This, I was going to talk about <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do it. Let's hear it. Not where I thought you were going. I know. It took a real turn, but so Animal Crossing. Entrance <laughs> to Animal Crossing really quick. <laughs> it, it links back. So Animal Crossing <laughs> is like a very slow paced game. Like the whole point is basically you like gather little materials and you like just like make things look nice and that's it like there's no winning there's no losing those are my favorite kind of games but I found myself like in the game (laughs) yeah I know not for you but I found myself (laughs) rushing during the game of like oh I gotta do things faster I was like hold on (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) like I wanted to be more productive in the game I do think that trying to do things that like are like truly just not for any real purpose other than to try something or to learn something or to enjoy something I feel like is really important and I think it's pretty easy to do and there's ways to squeeze it into your schedule that are like just really you slowing down whether that's like learning to cook or like making something from scratch or Whatever it is, I think like there's little pieces that like you, know you could put into a day. What sitting in fields? Yeah, you love that. Oh my god, do I love <laughs> sitting in fields? <laughs> I love this for you. It's like I go She's and I'll bring a little good. book, and there's like nothing else I can do because you can't go inside anywhere, you can't interact with anybody. Yeah. You're just sitting on your little blankie in a yeah. field, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, good. So, that's my detox, my busyness detox. Yeah. And I think it's really important to do that and to just try stuff that humbles you and makes you just realize that like it's fun to do things that you don't always do and you don't need to master it. You can just try it and then you could never do it again if you don't want to. It's not important. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's one way. And another thing I was thinking about was about um, – learning how to celebrate like little progress that you're making as opposed to trying to celebrate like every finished product like yeah just like do those little reminders with yourself where where you're like you know what today I wasn't like feeling really up to it and then I I got out of bed today and I did this and it felt good and it made me feel good and I'm going to celebrate that like celebrate small wins get super realistic. Like if you are someone who's a goal setter or like someone who vision boards or like wants to set intentions, like I think there's a a great and healthy way to do all of that. And I think what it really comes down to is like set achievable goals for yourself as opposed to a long list of things that feels really daunting because you're going to have a lot better of an experience if you're, you are able to celebrate small wins along the way, Mm -hmm. as opposed to that like crushing feeling when it's the end of the month and you haven't hit whatever that goal is or, or also just show yourself some grace when like you don't hit it or when you come close, like those are awesome things. It doesn't need to be so Mm -hmm. intense. I think that's a big thing that well, I know this is a big thing that is taught when it comes to depression is when you make these things seem so big, you're less likely to even do them at all. So the best way to like, if you're in bed and you're like, oh, I can't get up and I can't like face the day is like, okay, step one, just like sit up, you know? And like, that's yeah. great. Like go for you now, like put your feet on the floor and like break yeah. it down into smaller and smaller bits. And, and then you won't be so overwhelmed because I think that's a big thing that happens 
I mean, to me, (laughs) I don't know if this is completely related, but like you have these big goals and then you feel like, oh, I I don't, I don't think I can do all of that. Like I'm so tired or whatever. And then you beat Mm -hmm. up on yourself even more because, and and maybe you didn't even start where it's like, okay, maybe I can do 10 minutes or maybe I can do Mm -hmm. like, just like, you know, take a shower. Like that's a, that's a pretty big win these days, I think. And yeah, be gentle on yourself. Yeah. And I think like something we touched on earlier too was don't use busyness or I should say try not to use busyness as sort of a mechanism. So I know for me in my therapy, a conversation I'm in a lot is like, okay, when you start to feel that way, don't go for a run. Like don't go and do the thing that you do to try to escape that feeling. Mm -hmm. Instead, maybe like take a bath and just like sit there and feel those feelings because I think what we're learning more and more about is like being still and finding calm and being mindful are really, really important for your overall well-being and Mm -hmm. and your personal growth and all these things we're obsessing over. It's like actually slowing down is really good for that and and giving yourself the space to work through things as opposed to busying yourself in order to create some sort of output. Totally. I think that's a really good point is like give yourself space to sit with yourself if you're ever feeling like weird is the way I always feel. (laughs) If you need to noodle on something, noodle noodle on a little, but just (laughs) kind of ask yourself like, okay, what isn't working for me right now? What is working? Like, you know, just like, just let yourself have a conversation with Mm -hmm. yourself about like, why do I feel the way I do? You know, because I think that like, it sounds so obvious, but I think that like a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. I think also a resource that I heard about from a friend too was, and I, I've heard great things about this book. I haven't read it yet, but it's called Essentialism. And it's all about how like when we try to do too many things, we stretch ourselves too thin and then the expectations on us are too high. And in that process, we can lose sight of what we really want and what we really value. And so try to learn to set those healthy boundaries that I was saying I'm not quite very good at yet. <laughs> We're learning, but like learn how to not say yes to everything. Thing, focus on what's really important try and figure out what that is to you and then also leave yourself room for free time like I literally found myself entering quarantine mapping out my days from 6 a.m until 10 p.m what every hour I was going to do and then when I didn't do what that hour told me to I was like God damn! you had one job to follow this list and then it's like you are acting in a very nuts way right now that's not how your life works you cannot pencil in 45 minutes of this and 15 minutes of this like that is setting an an expert putting an expectation on yourself that's just like going to lead you to not healthy things yeah I think that like that's for me the big takeaway is you are inherently worthy no matter what you are Mm -hmm. or are not doing and don't half-ass two things whole one thing (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) one thing that our friend Danica shared that I really loved and I'm not sure what this is from but she said we are human beings not human doings dig your teeth into the moment feel what it's like to not have a regimented plan and surrender to the flow of life and I was like I just really love that I thought that was a good point of like you are not your output you are of value be here now. And I think that's like something that I've really tried to focus on during this time of like 
this very bizarre time that we're all experiencing to different degrees of just like, can you slow down and get comfortable with slowing down? Like, can you learn that skill as opposed to something else? And so all of this research I had just done for this was really helpful for myself as well, because I'm very much at the beginning of this and not the end. So those are just some tips that I had collected and and heard that I thought were helpful for myself and hopefully someone else too. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, yeah, something that my parents always said were, was um, make your plans and hold them lightly, which I think is pretty yeah. relevant. Like you can plan as much as you want, but the world's <laughs> yeah. going to do whatever it's going to do. I think yeah. that's pretty apparent right now. So you can make a plan, <laughs> yeah. but then like, you know, just be flexible and, and things will be easier. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we think. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all my thoughts on why we obsess over productivity. And I feel like it's a really a big topic that can be like sectioned off into a couple different things. And so I'm interested to like continue to to read about it and learn about it. But I definitely can promise myself that I don't think like reading more books on how to be efficient or how to maximize my time is something I'm going to spend my time doing after doing this research. I do think I'm like so open to learning more about like, can you, can you set intentions and set goals and, and set habits and do these things in a way that's like healthy and, um, supportive if you are someone who like really obsesses over this and and what's the best way to do that I'm definitely learning about that right now but I think that is a super interesting topic because I'm someone who still wants to do those things but wants to do it in a way that's like a bit more chill yeah totally yeah because we're all just out here (laughs) doing our best oh my goodness are we ever and honestly right now is really hard to do our best yeah what does that even mean all right well that's all i've got you got anything else (laughs) we don't have time for that (laughs) no that's all i've got too cute okay bye All right, time for our second fact check. Let's go. Are you ready, Kyla? I'm very excited. Okay, well, shout out to the uh, lack of quotes in this episode. Really, I think there's some progress there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've got some funny stuff to check here. We uh, talked about some interesting things. Um I don't even remember. I know. It was a while ago. This We've recorded this one before the first episode that we released. So it's a little bit out of order. <laughs> yeah. That seems like so long ago. Okay. Let's go. Um. Okay. So first of all, someone needs to stop uh, stop us from saying interesting because we both say it <laughs> an enormous <laughs> amount. <laughs> and I do believe that we think everything is interesting, but we definitely say it after every sentence interesting though yeah (laughs) we need to look up thesaurus examples of different synonyms for this word all right I'll come prepared next time (laughs) um I also just wanted to add that there are a couple times throughout this episode where I say the word crazy and I think maybe you say it once as well which is a word I'm trying to use uh trying to remove yeah 
Yeah. So definitely trying to remove that from my vernacular and use different words like weird or wild. Um, and if you don't know why, crazy is an ableist terms. And so I apologize that we used it a couple times in this episode. We'll definitely be aware of that. And I'll also um, add a couple sources on the website around which ableist language you should avoid because I've been learning a lot of good ones lately. And then yeah. also a resource around alternatives to them. So hopefully that's yeah helpful. it's crazy how you've just much, said it like oh my god <laughs> the irony <laughs> it's wild yeah. how like ingrained in our speech it is like <laughs> no kidding yeah yeah I'm, I'm also doing I'm trying <laughs> I'll do better yeah I catch myself I catch myself saying it all the time so um just wanted to point that out as something that we're like actively trying to do better on um, the first sort of like fact I wanted to check was we talk about a book that we read in our book club called Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. And, um, there's an essay, it's sort of like a compilation of essays. Um, and one of them is called always be optimizing in it. And I sort of brought up the example she brings up about sweet green, which is like a salad bar in the U S but I just wanted to give some context to it. So she talks a lot about bar, the exercise, and how bar prepares you less for a half marathon than for a 12-hour workday. And she says, bar feels like exercise the way sweet green feels like eating. Both might well, better be categorized as mechanisms that help you adapt to arbitrary, prolonged agony, ideal for an era in which everyone has to work constantly. My jaws dropped. I read that, but I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give context to that. Also, not necessarily saying we fully agree with that. I don't want to offend any like bar fans <laughs> or sweet green fans, but it's just an interesting way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Also, I really enjoyed a lot of points made in that book, but that um, chapter or essay in particular, I found to be super, super interesting if you have a chance to read it. Um. Also, I just wanted to share that I had no idea that I say yeesh until listening to this episode. And I feel like I sound like Scooby-Doo when I say it. Oh my so God. I'll be actively working on that. I say it like four times. I'm like, I had no idea this was a word I used. Oh my God. I can't wait to learn that about myself too. <laughs> I'm sure um, I have many. Yeah. Um, another fact we talked about was Kyla said that our generation is obsessed with self-improvement. She sort of says like comparatively to other previous generations, our generation seems to be really obsessed with self-improvement and definitely a lot of resources that would like agree to that and, and would provide some examples. The one thing I thought was interesting was an article I read said that in 2015, 94% of millennials reported making personal improvement commitments compared with 84% of boomers and 81% of Gen <laughs> Xers and were willing to pay the price. So while boomers said they'd spend on average about $152 a month on self-improvement, millennials anticipated spending nearly twice that, even though the average income of millennial is about half as much. So Whoa. We definitely prioritize it. And those the costs that they're talking about, there are different things like coaching, therapy, apps, diets, like the, it was mm. an all-encompassing type of thing. But I just thought that was like an interesting way of quantifying what you said there. 
Hmm. The other thing I thought was interesting is that in 2014, 76% of millennials reported that they kept their New Year's resolutions, whereas only 60% of boomers <laughs> said they did. That's so funny. I don't think I've ever actually kept a New Year's resolution. Really? I had one year that I was so good, and then I like really thought I was going to like continue to be that type of person, <laughs> and it, it didn't happen for me. I feel like the New Year's resolutions I always set are like close to impossible. Like it'll be something yeah. I have to do every single day for 365 days or something absurd. Oh my God. <laughs> They're never reasonable. You this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Kyla also says, honestly, you were, you were <laughs> bringing the facts. Um, Kyla says meditation rewires your brain. Which I obviously had to fact check because I'm a meditation <laughs> nature for some reason. Oh, true. I'm a pusher. Um, I know. I'm not actually a hater. I just need to get on board. Um, it absolutely does rewire your brain. There's tons of science about it. Um, I found this that said uh, in 2011 there was a team at Harvard that found that mindfulness meditation can actually change the structure of the brain. Eight weeks of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is MBSR, was found to increase cortical thickness in the hippocampus, which governs learning and memory, and in certain areas of the brain that play roles in emotion regulation and self-referential processing. There were also decreases in brain cell volume in the amygdala, which is responsible for fear, anxiety, and stress. And these changes match the participants' self-reports of their stress levels, indicating that meditation not only changes the brain, but it changes our subjective perception and feelings as well. Oh, yeah. I know. I love that. I need to mix in some headspace after reading that. Um, We also talk about the four-hour work week, which I definitely didn't know really what it was when I mentioned it, but (laughs) it's a book, and I thought this was really interesting because when you read these steps, it kind of sounds like a scam, and I don't want to get – I don't want a defamation lawsuit, but it talks about how this – I think Tim Ferriss wrote it, and it's all about how he went from $40,000 a year – at 80 hour, at 80 hours a week to 40,000 per month at 4 hours a week. I have some opinions about that book, but we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and also the things on the book cover are like how to outsource your life to overseas virtual assistants for $5 per hour and do whatever you want. I was like that sounds really not good. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. So I don't really know. I don't feel yeah. good about it. I don't think we're recommending that book. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have formed opinions. I just know yeah. when I was looking into it, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I don't even yeah. think in the episode we were recommending it. We we're just sort of sharing. It was one of those things that people talked about. But <laughs> the exists. more I read, I was like, yeesh. Ooh, oh my God, I just said yeesh. God damn. At one point, we also talk about how there's a lot of synonyms for the word lazy because it's a word that like is definitely related to this conversation. And just like upon my initial thesaurus search of lazy, there was like 48 synonyms like on the first page. And they were all like words that I feel like people use. They weren't like bizarre things. And I just thought that was funny because I kind of said it in passing, but I actually think that it's sort of true. (laughs) 
Um, okay, the one thing I wanted to talk about also was we talked about late- <laughs> the Industrial Revolution, which I we knew was so dicey funny. from a fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just want to this I have some context for. So Kyla kind of <laughs> says like, oh, they started with 16 hour work days because of the Industrial <laughs> Revolution, which is it is true. Right. Like it says that um, with the Industrial Revolution, work stopped being based on like seasons and daylight, which it had been in the past. Factory owners were reluctant to leave their machinery idle. And in the 19th oh. century, it was common for working hours to be between 14 to 16 hours a day, six days a week. Oh my God. And it was all about maximizing profits. And even children worked long hours. Yeah. And then... In 1833, it, there was a factory act that banned children under nine <laughs> from working in the factories. <laughs> but nine is a big win. Get in there, buddy. <laughs> Get to work. The working hours of 10 to 13 year olds was limited to 48 hours a week. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <age> 10. <laughs> and then 14 to 18 year olds were limited to 69 hours a week and 12 hours a day which is nuts but the first person to yeah I guess and then you just spent your whole life working nice just like now but it's longer (laughs) (laughs) dark um the first person to suggest an eight hour work day was a British dude named Robert Owen who was like one of the founders of socialism and that was the guy who said it should be split into thirds the which I think you mentioned about how it should be equal time for like leisure sorry eight hours labor eight hours recreation eight hours rest okay and then I think you said that I don't know maybe Oh, (laughs) I felt like I'd heard it before. Um, And then finally in 1937, the eight hour workday was standardized. But even then, I think it was like six days a week. Um, But the Fair Labor Standards Act was when they said if you worked more than 40 hours, you had to get paid overtime. So like it you were right in where it began but it also makes us seem a little wimpy that like 10 year olds were working i don't think they were driving though like (laughs) they were doing doing their best we we don't know (laughs) (laughs) but that's crazy that it hasn't Um, been updated since do you see the 1930s 1937 yeah holy and we're still out doing that why what are we in a rush about we did it we made so many things (laughs) I don't know. Also, the fact that it was about not wanting to leave machinery idle. I'm just like, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other, you talk about three types of self-esteem from a podcast, but I couldn't find a source on it. So maybe if you remember where it's from, we can put it on the website. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting when it was talking about the eight-hour workday was about how they did a study on how people who took short breaks were far more productive than those who worked longer hours. And I'd never heard this before, but it said the ideal work to break ratio was 52 minutes of work followed by 17 minutes of rest. 17 minutes? Yeah, like 52 minutes of work, 17 minutes of rest. 52 minutes of so work. So weirdly specific. 
<laughs> Oop, gotta get my 17. I, also, I know. I also don't want to suggest that because it sounds like another version of like trying to maximize your output. I kind of like that a little bit because I have a tendency to like never get up and like I won't go to the bathroom and I'll forget to eat. Like I'm one of those people. So I feel yeah. like taking like I have to set timers when I'm working actually. Anyways. Yeah, that's a good call. The one last thing I wanted to mention was um, we've made this joke, I think, now in both episodes where you make fun of me about not understanding the <laughs> internet. I just want to explain that, like, I, <laughs> I I do a little. I just, like, I'm not, I'm not up with the trends on the web. And so, like, I'll send oh Kyla God. something and she'll be like, dude, I saw this, like, six to eight months ago. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so it's just, we're waiting for a day where I share something with Kyla from the internet that she hasn't uh, already seen. Not gonna happen. And I just wanted to, I feel like that's a trending uh, topic of you teasing <laughs> me about that. So, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to explain. <laughs> I spent like an hour on TikTok the other day. So I saw some Ooh. stuff. I'm feeling pretty up to date. I, that's all I have. Those were our facts on why we're so obsessed with productivity. Oh, yeah key takeaways Kelsey's gonna stop saying yeesh we're both gonna stop saying interesting I said it so many times even during this just but no I did (laughs) I probably did too it's okay back to the drawing board okay bye bye